0: M. Kant, Indian Polity Chapter 61 Lokpal and Lokayuktas Global Scenario Modern democratic states are characterized by a welfare orientation. Hence, the government has come to play an important role in the socio-economic development of a nation. This has resulted in the expansion of bureaucracy and the multiplication of administrative processes, which in turn increased the administrative power and discretion enjoyed by the civil servants at different levels of the government. The abuse of this power and discretion by civil servants opens up scope for harassment, malpractices, maladministration and corruption. Such a situation gives rise to citizens' grievances against administration. The success of democracy and the realization of socio-economic development depends on the extent to which the citizens' grievances are redressed. Therefore, the following institutional devices have been created in different parts of the world to deal with the redressal of these grievances. 1. The Ombudsman System 2. The Administrative Courts System 3. The Procurator System The earliest democratic institution created in the world for the redressal of citizens' grievance is the Scandinavian Institution of Ombudsman. Donald C. Rowat, an international authority on the Ombudsman, calls it a uniquely appropriate institution for dealing with the average citizen's complaints about unfair administrative actions. The institution of ombudsman was first created in Sweden in 1809. Ombud is a Swedish term and refers to a person who acts as the representative or spokesman of another person. According to Donald C. Rovat, ombudsman refers to an officer appointed by the legislature to handle complaints against administrative and judicial action. The Swedish Ombudsman deals with the citizens' grievances in the following matters 1. Abuse of administrative discretion, that is, misuse of official power and authority. 2. Maladministration, that is, inefficiency in achieving the targets. 3. Administrative corruption, that is, demanding bribery for doing things. 4. Nepotism, that is, supporting one's own kith and kin in matters like providing employment, 5. discourtesy, that is, misbehaviour of various kinds, for instance, use of abusive language. The Swedish ombudsman is appointed by the parliament for a term of four years. He can be removed only by the parliament on ground of its loss of confidence in him. He submits his annual report to the parliament and hence, is also known as Parliamentary Ombudsman. But he is independent of the Parliament, Legislature, as well as the Executive and Judiciary. The Ombudsman is a constitutional authority and enjoys the powers to supervise the compliance of laws and regulations by the public officials and see that they discharge their duties properly. In other words, He keeps a watch over all public officials, civil, judicial and military, so that they function impartially, objectively and legally, that is, in accordance with the law. However, he has no power to reverse or quash a decision and has no direct control over administration or the courts. The Ombudsman can act either on the basis of a complaint received from the citizen against unfair administrative action or so moto, i.e. on his own initiative. He can prosecute any erring official including the judges. However, he himself cannot inflict any punishment. He only reports the matter to the higher authorities for taking the necessary corrective action. In sum, the characteristics of the Swedish Institution of Ombudsman are as follows. 1. Independence of action from the executive. 2. Impartial and objective investigation of complaints. 3. suo motu power to start investigations. 4. Uninterrupted access to all the files of administration. 5. Right to report to the parliament as opposed to the executive the institution of ombudsman is based on the doctrine of administrative accountability to legislature. 6. Wide publicity given to its working in press and other media. 7. Direct, simple, informal, cheap and speedy method of handling complaints. From Sweden, the institution of ombudsman spread to other Scandinavian countries, Finland, 1919, Denmark, 1955, and Norway, 1962. New Zealand is the first Commonwealth country in the world to have adopted the ombudsman system in the form of a parliamentary commissioner for investigation in 1962. The United Kingdom adopted ombudsman-like institution called parliamentary commissioner for administration in 1967. Since then, more than 40 counties of the world have adopted ombudsman-like institutions with different nomenclature and functions. The ombudsman in India is called Lokpal Lokayukta. Donald C. Rowat says that the institution of ombudsman is a bulk work of democratic government against the tyranny of officialdom, while Gerald E. Caden described the ombudsman as institutionalized public conscience. Another unique institutional device created for the redressal of citizens' grievances against administrative authorities is the French system of administrative courts. Due to its success in France, the system has gradually spread to many other European and African countries like Belgium, Greece and Turkey. The socialist countries like the former USSR, now Russia, China, Poland, Hungary, Czechoslovakia and Romania have created their own institutional device for the redressal of citizens' grievances. It is called procurator system in these countries. It should be noted here that the office of the procurator-general is still functioning in Russia. He is appointed for a tenure of seven years. Position in India the existing legal and institutional framework to check corruption and redress citizens' grievances in India consists of the following. 1. Public Servants, Inquiries, Act 1850 2. Indian Penal Code, 1860 3. Special Police Establishment, 1941 4. Delhi Police Establishment, Act 1946 5. Prevention of Corruption, Act 1988 6. Commissions of Inquiry Act 1952 against political leaders and eminent public men. 7. All India Services Conduct Rules 1968 8. Central Civil Services Conduct Rules 1964 9. Railway Services Conduct Rules 1966. Ten 10. Vigilance Organizations in Ministries Departments Attached and Subordinate Offices and Public Undertakings 11. Central Bureau of Investigation 1963 12. Central Vigilance Commission 1964 13. State Vigilance Commissions 1964 14. Anti-Corruption Bureaus in States 15. Lokpal Ombudsman at the Centre 16. Lokayukta Ombudsman in States 17. Divisional Vigilance Board 18. District Vigilance Officer 19. National Consumer Disputes Redressal Commission, 20. National Commission for SCs, 21. National Commission for STs, 22. Supreme Court and High Courts in States, 23. Administrative Tribunals, Quasi-Judicial Bodies, 24. Directorate of Public Grievances in the Cabinet Secretariat 1988, 25. Parliament and its Committees, 26 file-to-field program in some states like Kerala. In this innovative scheme, the administrator goes to the village area and hears public grievances and takes immediate action wherever possible. Lokpal. The Administrative Reforms Commission, Arc of India, 1966-1970 1966-1970 recommended the setting up of two special authorities designated as Lokpal and Lokayukta for the redressal of citizens' grievances. These institutions were to be set up on the pattern of the institution of ombudsmen in Scandinavian countries and the parliamentary commissioner for investigation in New Zealand. The Lokpal would deal with complaints against ministers and secretaries at central and state levels and the Lokayukta, one at the centre and one in every state, would deal with complaints against other specified higher officials. The art kept the judiciary outside the purview of Lokpal and Lokayukta as in New Zealand. But in Sweden the judiciary is within the purview of ombudsman. According to the ARC, the Lokpal would be appointed by the President after consultation with the Chief Justice of India, the Speaker of Lok Sabha and the Chairman of the Rajya Sabha. The ARC also recommended that the institutions of Lokpal and Lokayukta should have the following features. 1. They should be demonstratively independent and impartial. 2. Their investigations and proceedings should be conducted in private and should be informal in character. 3. Their appointment should be, as far as possible, non-political. 4. Their status should compare with the highest judicial functionaries in the country. 5. They should deal with matters in the discretionary field involving acts of injustice, corruption or favoritism. 6. Their proceedings should not be subject to judicial interference. 7. They should have the maximum latitude and powers in obtaining information relevant to their duties. 8. They should not look forward to any benefit or pecuniary advantage from the executive government. The government of India accepted the recommendations of ARC in this regard. So far, 10 official attempts have been made to bring about legislation on this subject. Bills were introduced in the parliament in the following years. 1. In May 1968, by the Congress government headed by Indira Gandhi. 2. In April 1971, again by the Congress government headed by Indira Gandhi. 3. In July 1977, by the Janata government headed by Morarji Desai. 4. In August 1985, by the Congress government headed by Rajiv Gandhi. 5. In December 1989, by the National Front government headed by V.P. Singh. 6. In September 1996, by the United Front government headed by Dave Govda. 7. In August 1998, by the bjp led coalition government headed by A.B. Vajpayee. 8 in August 2001 by the NDA government headed by A.B. Vajpayee. 9 in August 2011 by the UPA government headed by Manmohan Singh. 10 in December 2011 by the UPA government headed by Manmohan Singh. The first four bills lapsed due to the dissolution of Lok Sabha while the fifth one was withdrawn by the government. The 6th and 7th Bills also lapsed due to the dissolution of the 11th and 12th Lok Sabha. Again, the 8th Bill, 2001, lapsed due to the dissolution of the 13th Lok Sabha in 2004. The 9th Bill, 2011, was withdrawn by the government. Lokpal and Lokayuktas Act, 2013 Features The salient features of the Lokpal and Lokayukta's Act, 2013, are as follows. 1. It seeks to establish the institution of the Lokpal at the centre and the Lokayukta at the level of the state and thus seeks to provide a uniform vigilance and anti-corruption roadmap for the nation both at the centre and at the states. The jurisdiction of Lokpal includes the Prime Minister, Ministers, Members of Parliament and Groups A, B, C and D Officers and Officials of the Central Government. 2. The Lokpal to consist of a Chairperson with a maximum of 8 members of which 50% shall be Judicial Members. 3. 50% of the members of the Lokpal shall come from amongst the SCs, the STs, the OBCs, Minorities and Women. 4. The selection of the chairperson and the members of Lokpal shall be through a selection committee consisting of the Prime Minister, the Speaker of the Lok Sabha, the Leader of the Opposition in the Lok Sabha, the Chief Justice of India or a sitting Supreme Court judge nominated by the Chief Justice of India and an eminent jurist to be nominated by the President of India on the basis of recommendations of the first four members of the selection committee. 5. A search committee will assist the selection committee in the process of selection. 50% of the members of the search committee shall also be from amongst the SCs, the STs, the OBCs, minorities and women. 6. The Prime Minister has been brought under the purview of the Lokpal with subject matter exclusions and specific process for handling complaints against the Prime Minister. 7. Lokpal's jurisdiction will cover all categories of public servants, including Group A, Group B, Group C and Group D officers and employees of government. On complaints referred to the CVC by the Lokpal, the CVC will send its report of preliminary inquiry in respect of Group A and Group B officers back to the Lokpal for further decision. With respect to categories of employees from Group C and Group D, the CVC will proceed further in exercise of its own powers under the CVC Act subject to reporting and review by the Lokpal. 8. The Lokpal will have the power of superintendence and direction over any investigating agency, including the CBI, for cases referred to them by the Lokpal. 9. A high-powered committee chaired by the Prime Minister will recommend the selection of the Director of CBI. 10. It incorporates provisions for attachment and confiscation of property of public servants acquired by corrupt means, even while the prosecution is pending. 11. It lays down clear timelines. For preliminary inquiry, it is 3 months extendable by 3 months. For investigation, it is six months, which may be extended by six months at a time. For trial, it is one year extendable by one year and to achieve this, special courts to be set up. Twelve, it enhances maximum punishment under the Prevention of Corruption Act from seven years to ten years. The minimum punishment under sections seven, eight, 9 and 12 of the Prevention of Corruption Act will now be 3 years and the minimum punishment under Section 15, Punishment for Attempt, will now be 2 years. 13 institutions which are financed fully or partly by government are under the jurisdiction of Lokpal but institutions aided by government are excluded. 14. It provides adequate protection for honest and upright public servants. 15. Lokpal conferred with power to grant sanction for prosecution of public servants in place of the government or competent authority. 16. It contains a number of provisions aimed at strengthening the CBI such as 1. Setting up of a directorate of prosecution headed by a director prosecution under the overall control of the director of CBI. 2. Appointment of the Director of Prosecution on the recommendation of the CBC. 3. Maintenance of a panel of advocates by CBI other eth government advocates with the consent of the Lokpal handling Lokpal referred cases. 4. Transfer of officers of CBI investigating cases referred by Lok with the approval of Lokpal. 5. Provision of adequate funds to CBI for investigating cars referred by Lokpal. 17. All entities receiving donations from foreign source in the context of the Foreign Contribution Regulation Act, FCRA, in excess of 10 lakhs rupees per year are brought under the jurisdiction of Lokpal. 18. It contains a mandate for setting up of the institution of Lokayukta through enactment of a law by the state legislature within a period of 365 days from the date of commencement of this Act. Thus, the Act provides freedom to the states to decide upon the contours of the Lokayukta mechanism in their respective states. Drawbacks. The following are the drawbacks, shortcomings, of the Lokpal and Lokayuktas Act, 2013. 1. Lokpal cannot sue motu proceed against any public servant. 2. Emphasis on form of complaint rather than substance. 3. Heavy punishment for false and frivolous complaints against public servants may deter complaints being filed to Lokpal. 4. Anonymous complaints not allowed. Can't just make a complaint on plain paper and drop it in a box with supporting documents. 5. Legal assistance to public servant against whom complaint is filed. 6. Limitation period of 7 years to file complaints. 7. Very non-transparent procedure for dealing with complaints against the PM. Lokayuktas. Even much before the enactment of the Lokpal and Lokayuktas Act 2013 itself, many states had already set up the institution of Lokayuktas. It must be noted here that the institution of Lokayukta was established first in Maharashtra in 1971. Although Odisha had passed the Act in this regard in 1970, it came into force only in 1983. Till 2013, 21 states and one union territory, Delhi, have established the institution of Lokayukta's. The details in this regard are mentioned below in Table 61.1. The various aspects of the institution of Lokayukta are structural variations. The structure of the Lokayukta is not same in all the states. Some states like Rajasthan, Karnataka, Andhra Pradesh and Maharashtra have created the Lokayukta as well as Uplokayukta, while some others like Bihar, Uttar Pradesh and Himachal Pradesh have created only the Lokayukta. There are still other states like Punjab and Odisha that have designated officials as Lokpal. This pattern was not suggested by the Ark in the states. Appointment the Lokayukta and Lokayukta are appointed by the governor of the state. While appointing, the governor in most of the states consults a. the Chief Justice of the State High Court and b. the Leader of Opposition in the State Legislative Assembly. Qualifications Judicial qualifications are prescribed for the Lokayukta in the states of Uttar Pradesh, Himachal Pradesh, Andhra Pradesh, Gujarat, Urisa, Karnataka and Assam. But no specific qualifications are prescribed in the states of Bihar, Maharashtra and Rajasthan. Tenure In most of the states, the term of office fixed for Lokayukta is of 5 years duration or 65 years of age, whichever is earlier. He is not eligible for reappointment for a second term. Jurisdiction. There is no uniformity regarding the jurisdiction of Lokayukta in all the states. The following points can be noted in this regard. a. The Chief Minister is included within the jurisdiction of Lokayukta in the states of Himachal Pradesh, Andhra Pradesh, Madhya Pradesh and Gujarat, while he is excluded from the purview of Lokayukta in the states of Maharashtra, Uttar Pradesh, Rajasthan, Bihar and Odisha. B. Ministers and higher civil servants are included in the purview of Lokayukta in almost all the states. Maharashtra has also included former ministers and civil servants. C. Members of state legislatures are included in the purview of Lokayukta in the states of Andhra Pradesh, Himachal Pradesh, Gujarat, Uttar Pradesh, and Assam. D. The authorities of the local bodies, corporations, companies and societies are included in the jurisdiction of the Lokayukta in most of the states. Investigations. In most of the states, the Lokayukta can initiate investigations either on the basis of a complaint received from the citizen against unfair administrative action or suo moto But he does not enjoy the power to start investigations on his own initiative, suo moto in the states of Uttar Pradesh, Himachal Pradesh and Assam. Scope of Cases Covered The Lokayukta can consider the cases of grievances as well as allegations in the states of Maharashtra, Uttar Pradesh, Assam, Bihar and Karnataka. But in Himachal Pradesh, Andhra Pradesh, Rajasthan and Gujarat, the job of Lokayuktas is confined to investigating allegations, corruption and not grievances, Maladministration Other features 1. The Lokayukta presents annually to the governor of the state a consolidated report on his performance. The governor places this report along with an explanatory memorandum before the state legislature. The Lokayukta is responsible to the state legislature. 2. He takes the help of the state investigating agencies for conducting inquiries. 3. He can call for relevant files and documents from the state government departments. 4. The recommendations made by the Lokayukta are only advisory and not binding on the state government. Thank you so much for listening this audiobook. If this audiobook helped you in any way so please do like and share this audiobook and hit the subscribe button.